The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play. Off to the races. Touchdown. Oh, he's done it again. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. It'll be the Bengals and the Chiefs. No, it'll be the Bengals. I, I have a sinking feeling right now. I'll tell you why. I'm totally distracted. Made a huge mistake to start the show. It'll be the Bengals and the Rams in the Super Bowl. Welcome to the show, everybody. I forgot my laptop, and I am useless without it, as you can see. <laughs> Can't even get the matchup right. I'm Adam Azer with Jamie Eisberg and Heath Cummings. Heath, welcome back from your week off. How are you? I appreciate you setting this show up for my return. This is going to be awesome. Oh, why? Because I already you're, messed like, up. You're literally sweat, wiping sweat from your brow, trying to figure out how you're going to do a show without this laptop. Right in the middle of the, of, right before the start, I was like, oh my God, I forgot my laptop. I have all my notes, a lot of notes on there. I got to get to that. No, no, you're not allowed to go get your laptop. You're doing the whole show without it. No, I really need it. I have like nope, some good nope. stuff on there. Nope. I guess I could try to read my notes from the, uh, the email I sent. Um, okay. All right. Here's the first segment, <laughs> according to my notes. You know what happened one time during FFT? Um, we started the show, our, our, our normal producer was not there and somebody else was producing the show. This is the show on HQ and, uh, we had no rundown at all. Mm. And to do a, uh, uh, a TV show without a rundown is very difficult. I remember <laughs> that. There's graphics elements and, uh, things that have to, you know, tie into other things. And, um, so usually you know, just to peek behind the scenes for those of you who watch the show. Um, I usually do most of the a block, which is the beginning of the show. I, I usually put that together myself and they just build it. So thankfully I had all the, the, the order, uh, but I had no idea what was happening, nothing that was going on. <laughs> and like, so Heath would be talking or Dave would be talking and I'd just be gesturing like this, like somebody tell me what to do, like mm-hmm. a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel right now. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I sent that. I did it and you're gonna do it too. No, I'm gonna. I'm getting that laptop one way or another. <laughs> All right, Heath, settle a friend fight. That's the first segment for today. Settle okay. a, a friend fight, and also well, let me just. Friends? What's that? We're the friends. Me and you. We're not friends. We're friends. Everybody knows it. <laughs> All right, so let me tease what's coming up. We're gonna talk about the games. We're gonna talk about uh, the coaching news with Josh McDaniels going to the Raiders. Um, and a couple other items here. We're going to ask questions for each losing team. What will, be, what will be the Trey Lance effect if he is the starting quarterback in 2022? And should Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey be first-round picks? Should they be early second-round picks? We'll talk about that. Really, if you look at their season and you add it, the way you evaluate them, 
are you going to add the three postseason games? Because they had huge playoffs. But, uh, yeah, they, they slumped a little bit late in the season, really midway through the season. Anyway, that's coming up later. Heath, settle a friend fight. And, Jamie, if I'm phrasing this incorrectly, you can jump in. Was Jimmy Garoppolo's game-sealing interception a bad play, or was it understandable? Um, well, I mean, Tyreek Hill was in double coverage, and it was, but it was third and ten, so I could understand why you um you're not talking about the Patrick Mahomes interception. At the, at the <laughs> no, game. I'm not. Um, listen, I think it was both. It was definitely not advisable, but what were his chances if he throws that ball away of converting a fourth and 12? Not very good. And the ball did hit J- Michael Hasty's hands, right? So he could have yeah. done something about it. Um, I Listen, I think there's a little bit too much of Yay, now it's Trey Lance time. And Jimmy Garoppolo deserves a little bit more credit for what he's done in San Francisco, both this year and over his career. Okay. So who do you think think, thought thought it was understandable? Who do you think thought it was a stupid play? Um, I think that Jamie thought it was a stupid play and you thought it was understandable. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you asked me about it before the show started, so he knows which side we were on. Um, I think think the way you phrase it is appropriate, though. I I do think it was understandable, him trying to make a play. Um, I get to play the results, so I win. Um, so, you know, as I told you last night, you want to have the ball with another chance uh, as so opposed to, he should have done what he should throw the ball. away. I think people would really be mocking him if he had thrown the ball away on third and 12 though. Well, I'm saying throwing the ball away when there's somebody draped on top of you, you know, as yeah. opposed to throwing it backhanded, you know, trying to, uh, connect with your, your running back. There. But where was he going to throw it? Like at my, at Joe Michael Hasty's feet, you could anywhere, do that, but anywhere where it would not have been intercepted. Yeah, but he I'm saying he was being taken to the ground. So he couldn't, you know, get a Yeah, but a he had throw he had off. several plays like that early in the game where he was being taken to the ground and he's throwing the ball away. I don't know. I understand what he's trying to do, which is I think the way you phrase it is appropriate. You know, he's trying to make a play, obviously in 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 a terrible situation. And first off, Kyle Shanahan did not call a good game there at all at, in in the second the, the 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 latter part of the third quarter and the fourth quarter. You know, once they went ahead 17-7, it was just I don't understand what he was doing in, in a lot of instances and, and stop putting Trent Williams in motion to be fullback. Um, but hey, man. Uh, you're right. He, he, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo deserves a, a hell of a lot more credit for what he's done for this team and what he did for, uh, for the first tenure in the 49ers. I don't necessarily think it's completely over yet though. I don't know exactly if they're going to move on um, if they're not compensated fairly, because I mean, you, you, they've shown it time and time again throughout the playoffs, what their record is with Jimmy Garoppolo and without Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm sure that's weighing on Kyle Shanahan probably more so than it is on John Lynch. But uh, most likely he's gone. And I do think like a team that has a chance to win now, let's say like Pittsburgh, um, you know, if Denver does not get the the prize that they're, they're looking for, you know, this is the type of guy that can get them to the playoffs. Not necessarily, I think, maybe win a Super Bowl if he's not in the right system, but can certainly get a team to the playoffs and, and, and be good and be good for some of the fantasy assets there as well. Okay, we'll do the hypothetical Later in the show, if Trey Lance is starting, what would it mean for the rest of the guys? Uh, here's your stat of the day. This is a little bit irrelevant. We have a, an Apple podcast question that's sort of about this later, but I just thought it was really interesting, so I'll throw it out there, and then we'll move on. Your stat of the day, 2021 was the first season since 2015 in which the number one wide receiver outscored the number one running back in full PPR, or another way to put it, the top non-quarterback was a wide receiver. In 2021, it was obviously Cooper Cup. It's the first time that's happened since 2015, which was that really weird, bad year for running backs where Devontae Freeman was the number one running back. So uh, I thought that was interesting, and we will discuss it a little bit later. Let's get a fantasy winner from 
conference championship weekend. Heath, who's the winner? I thought you were asking me the loser. Jamie, who's the winner? I thought you were asking me the winner. Um, Iowa, yes. <laughs> there are uh, there, there's a couple of options that I was thinking of when I saw your email on this. Um, like I'm trying to think of somebody who's improved their fantasy stock from this weekend, and it's hard to say Odell Beckham didn't do that. You know, and the only reason I I, I was a little hesitant to say him is because I don't know where he plays next year. Now there is a story that came out over the weekend that the Rams. Once Jared Goff and Deshaun Jackson, I think uh, maybe one or two of their defensive guys come off the books. They have $30 million in cap space to use on potentially re-signing both Von Miller and Odell Beckham. Now, clearly Robert Woods should be back. You know, that's the hope. And if they do re-sign Beckham, um, does he have the chance to build on what he's established? Remember, like, uh, I know Heath, you brought this up. Uh, I think it was going into the, I don't, I don't know if it was coming, maybe it was coming out of the division round or going into the division round. You, you know, when you brought up what he was averaging, he was averaging the same amount of yards with the Browns that he was with the Rams through that, whatever, again, whatever time yeah. stamp it was. Um, but he's, he's made plays for them, you know, and, and I think, you know, without a training camp, uh, it's basically a half a season, you know, of, of learning on the fly you've seen the growth and you've seen the trust that's come from Matthew Stafford. And if he stays there as the third guy, um, which would be, I think, unfortunate for Van Jefferson, for example. But if he does stay there, that I think hurts his fantasy value because of Woods coming back. But has he reestablished himself now that if he's with a, if he's in a better passing attack, can he be a, a viable fantasy option again? And I think the answer is yes. That was his first 100-yard game in 34 games. And uh, he had nine catches, 113 yards on 11 targets against San Francisco in the winning effort. And he will be in the Super Bowl facing the Bengals. I know the Super Bowl matchup. All right, so Odell Beckham a winner for you. Right now, let's say Beckham's back and Woods is back. Uh, would you rather have Brandon Ayuk or Beckham? Beckham. Um, with Woods back? Yeah. Whew, that's a tough one. Um. Probably Beckham because of Trey Lance, but I, I think it's it's close. Okay. If Trey Lance has a strong preseason, then I'd probably go at you. By the way, if you're listening on Spotify, please leave us a rating. We'd really appreciate a quick five-star rating on Spotify. You can do that there. There are a lot of apps where you can do that, and uh, Spotify is one of them. So go ahead and leave us a nice five-star review. We would appreciate it. Heath, who's that fantasy loser? You know I was going to ask you about that. I think it has to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, last postseason we made excuses, and he was he had he was banged up, and and we said, well, that's the reason why Daryl Williams was playing over him when it mattered the most, and that's the reason why Daryl Williams even played more snaps, I believe, in the Super Bowl last year. Um, this year, it's now Jarek McKinnon who just came from out of nowhere, and all credit to Jarek McKinnon, he looked really good for majority of this postseason. But McKinnon had twice as many carries as Clyde. He had twice as many targets as Clyde, and he was better on a per-touch basis than Clyde was. It's it's really hard to go into next season with any confidence that Clyde Edwards-Lair is going to be anywhere close to a feature back. Yeah, Clyde, last last year, though, he didn't return to the Super Bowl. He missed he missed the entire playoff run last year. Uh, yeah, so did he didn't play in the conference championship game? No. That was uh, Daryl Williams against the Bills and, and the... Uh, Browns. He had he had a very very good playoff run. Give me a round. Give me a round where you think Clyde Edwards Eler goes because McKinnon's a free agent. He's on a one year deal. It's not about McKinnon. Yeah, I know it's, that. It's I'm about it. yeah. like any random guy you could now believe is going to take touches away from Clyde. 
So yeah, he made what do the you same think? mistake last night, Keith. Don't worry. I said I said the same thing. He fell into the same trap. No, no, no. I, I wasn't correcting anybody. I was just I was just telling the audience that Jerry yes. McKinnon is a, an impending free agent. But uh, where do you think Clyde Edwards either should be drafted as of now? Well, who's the number Round two guy? Is, is is it Daryl Williams esque? Is it is it like that type of guy, Samaj P. Ryan, that type of guy? You know, not necessarily. They're going out and they're bringing in somebody. You know, they're not signing Melvin Gordon, for example, or James Conner, for example, you know, one of those type of guys. So if it's if it's that, you know, reliable veteran should start or go down in certain name, then I think round five is probably the right spot. You know, you're, you're taking him in the in the I didn't draft a, a running back. I drafted one running back in the first four rounds. I need a second guy that's going to get work and has still some upside. That's the type of player you're looking for. Flex, if you, you know, you really love your team, you're shooting for some upside. Yes, he still has upside, but there's so much downside, unfortunately. Uh, Adam, you can fire up the Heath Adam was right take. Uh, Clyde did play in the conference championship game last year. 49% of the snaps thought, against the Bills. I thought so. Yeah. Uh, Adam, you were right. Sorry, Heath. It, it takes me too long to get that going. <laughs> and I'm just now recovering from the laptop thing. You know, I've got it here. And so I can tell you about the awesome offer that we have from ButcherBox. If you go to butcherbox.com slash FFT, you're going to get two pounds of ground beef free in every order for the life of your membership. Free ground beef for life. ButcherBox.com slash FFT. Heath, tell me, how are you enjoying ButcherBox? And I absolutely love ButcherBox. I've got 15 pounds of ButcherBox <laughs> wings currently sitting in my freezer, as Ooh. well as two pork butts ready for the Super Bowl. Now my freezer is completely full, which is great because I think it lowered there. It's actually energy efficient because you have so much meat in your freezer that you don't have to use the freezer as much to keep it cold because the meat keeps itself cold. Oh. It's like a bunch of ice. Um, it's fantastic. <laughs> we get it every single month. Sometimes one box, sometimes two boxes. It's the only meat we eat. It is so much better than what you get at the grocery store. Not only that, uh, they source their meat from partners with the highest standards for quality. So no more searching the grocery store for 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood, and more. That's what you get with ButcherBox. You're taking the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat. You go to butcherbox.com FFT. You can select one of the boxes that they recommend. You can kind of build your own box, and you just get frozen meat shipped to you right to your front door. You put it in the freezer. It's amazing. I've made pineapple chicken recently. We did a chicken with uh, like this kind of Greek feta cheese, tomatoes, cheese. I, it was, I don't even know what it's called. It was so good. But what you have to have is good meat. And that's what you get with ButcherBox. So again, if you want, oh, and by the way, no antibiotics, no added hormones. And each box has eight to 14 pounds of meat. So if you want ground beef for life, here's your chance. This is your chance to never have to shop for ground beef again. ButcherBox is giving new members free ground beef for life. Sign up at butcherbox.com FFT and get two pounds of ground beef free in every order for the life of your membership. Log on to butcherbox.com FFT to claim this deal. All right, some quick notes, some fantasy related, mostly though from yesterday. Uh, this just Debo is what a crazy season he had. So Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, or Kamara, whatever, and Austin Eckler, they all had at least 200 carries and only three carries all season of 20 or more yards. That's Henry, Zeke, Kamara, and Eckler. Three carries of 20 or more yards. Debo Samuel had three touchdown carries of 20 or more yards. Debo Samuel, 
So it, it, it was amazing. Three touchdown runs of 20 to 27 yards. He just did things that it's tough because they're not repeatable, but you also see every week he's he's so gifted. Uh, the Rams pressured Jimmy Garoppolo on seven of nine fourth quarter dropbacks per ESPN. That was really the difference in the game, one of the differences. How about this? Sean McVay has only two wins as a Rams head coach when he's been trailing by tw- 10 or more points in the second half. He's done it twice. Both of them were conference championship games. This one you probably know. Tyreek Hill did not have a catch in the second half. That was weird. So dumb. Uh, well, and also, I mean, you got to give credit to the Bengals. They, they did well. Uh, Cincinnati, they came back from an 18-point deficit. That was tied for the biggest comeback in conference championship history with the 2006 Colts, who trailed by 18 against the Patriots, and they won. And Dave gave me this one. The Bengals have played 20 games this season. They've played only three games where they've lost by four or more points. Everything else has been either a win or a three-point loss, three or fewer points. So what are they right now, three-and-a-half-point underdogs? Usually they cover. Uh, and then there's this whole Tom Brady thing. Got a report that he's retiring. He's probably retiring. They've pushed back and said, no, it's not definite yet. But I think right now, are we expecting Tom Brady to retire? Yeah. I think you have to lean that way. I mean, there's just too much coming from that direction. Usually when these things happen, it's, you know, my guess is that somebody probably leaked it and Brady didn't want to overshadow or take away from himself, but overshadow the, the games this weekend. Um, you know, the, the Raiders didn't care about that at all <laughs> by, by announcing their head coaching hire, uh, on, on conference championship day. But I, I'm going to, I'm going to guess Brady does walk away. You know, I, I think there's just, there's just too much coming from that side. Okay. All right. We'll talk about the head coaches a little bit later. Let's get some loser questions. Talk about the losing teams. Oh, my 49ers. We came so close. All right. What will the Trey Lance effect be? Heath. That's a pretty broad question, but <laughs> give a, take a stab at it. Yeah, I mean, first off, I agree with Jamie that I don't – until Jimmy Garoppolo is gone, I don't think we should 100% assume that Jimmy Garoppolo will be gone. Um, but assuming that – if let's do that. Assuming he's gone, I think the Trey Lance effect is fewer pass attempts for the 49ers, likely um, less efficient passing for the 49ers, maybe an even better run game than they've had in the past. For fantasy purposes, I think Lance will be drafted as a a low-end number one quarterback, kind of like Jalen Hurts, um, and he'll have top five upside instantly, but he's going to have to improve a lot as a passer this offseason, which we've seen a lot of quarterbacks do between their first and second seasons. Um, it's, a, it's a net negative, in my opinion, for Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle if Lance is the week one starter. So if Lance is the week one starter, are Debo – or Kittle round two picks? And then follow-up question, are they round three picks, Jamie? Debo is going in round two. I, I think it is a net negative, you know, to piggyback on what Heath said. But I also think if they continue to use him as a rusher, which I can't imagine they're going to go completely away from, if away from at all, then he still has the opportunity to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. And this is where you buy into Kyle Shanahan, you buy into, you know, bubble screens and, you know, Lance improving as a passer. You know, I, I think Lance, just to, you know, take a quick sidetrack, the, the Jalen Hurts comparison is is very good just from how I think people will treat him. Uh, the difference is, is that Jalen Hurts, everything we saw from Jalen Hurts in his rookie season came at the end of the year. 
most of the things that we saw from Trey Lance in his rookie season came in the beginning of the year. And so, you know, you had fresh in your mind, slow build to what Jalen Hurts could be, as opposed to, oh, Trey Lance is struggling. Well, he came in in week three and week four and didn't do very much, didn't, didn't, didn't do a lot of good things. You know, we saw the rushing ability, uh, certainly the, the, the carries that they gave him. But I think had he done some of this at the end of the season, you would have felt a little bit differently about it. Um, in any event, I do think that, you know, Kittle, you got to be a little concerned about, you know, because you have the injuries that have been mounting for the last couple of years. So there's potential of games missed. We know how much they value him as a blocker. So he's going to continue to do that, which is going to obviously put him in some tough situations uh, from a playing standpoint and from an injury risk standpoint. And I, you, you see the highs and the lows, you know. So uh, I think Kittle is still going to be around three or around four pick. I don't think he's going to be around two pick because as we've seen just in the small sample size of the two drafts that we've done, he was not drafted in round two. Um, he's probably still in the top five conversation, which he should be at that position. Uh, but I think he's going to go after certainly Andrews and Kelsey, whatever order. I think he's going to go after Pitts. I think he's going to go after Waller. So I think he's still round three is probably where the the, the spot will be for him. And then Ayuk is probably somewhere in the round seven to ten range. Keith, I want to give you some Debo stats and tell me what you make of them. So first, not, this is just regular season. He played 16 games. First nine games, 17-game pace was 102 catches, 1,849 yards, nine touchdowns on 162 targets a game. So he was getting nine to 10 targets per game and turning that into eight, 1,850 yards and nine touchdowns. Incredible stuff, first nine games. His last seven games... His 17-game pace was 56 catches. It was 102 in the first nine games. 56 catches, 1,035 yards, and only two touchdowns on 85 targets um, per 17 games. Now, and you can, and but the rushing was crazy. I mean, he ran for his his rushing. Uh, well, he ran for 307 yards and six touchdowns in his last seven games. I didn't do the 17-game pace for that, but anyway. He compensated, right? He still was great because of the rushing totals. But the weird thing is, the routes run were not that different. He he ran 31.4 routes per game in his first nine games and 26.9, which is fewer, but does it account for that much of a drop in targets? Uh, basically half the targets. 26.9 routes per game in uh, in the last seven games. So, I don't know. I, th- I thought that was weird. You know, they really used him so much in the run game, and they stopped throwing him the ball. He was getting four or five targets a lot of games. But the routes were still there. So, what do you make of that? I just think you've seen a player who has shown that he's special in multiple different ways. And for half a season, he was an elite number one wide receiver. And for the second half of the season, he was one of the greatest gadget players we've ever seen. And so, if he's got that many different ways to be successful, and San Francisco has that many different ways to get him involved – then it's that much more difficult to take him away. Um, like it is a little bit concerning if he were to go through an entire season at four or five targets a game and six or seven rush attempts a game, because that's like James White. Um, now he makes a lot more <laughs> big plays than James White does, right? But it's the same type of usage. I just don't think we need to necessarily believe that's going to happen because that's not what they just did. So there's no way he's not a top. 12 wide receiver in your rankings next year, guys? Debo? In, in full I mean, PPR? He's top 10 for me. Okay. I don't, I think he'll be, I think he'll be top 10. Okay. Uh, I mean, we had this, we had this conversation when we were talking about wide receivers. So I think there's going to be a consensus six. And that's whatever order Cup, Adams, 
uh, Chase, Jefferson, Hill, and Diggs. I think those will be the top six guys drafted most likely. Now, Diggs may fall out of that if people are concerned about how he finished. It's that next group of guys, and that's assuming, let's say, Brady stays, but it's that next group of guys of A.J. Brown, um, Mike Evans, Debo. Yeah. I don't know who else qualifies there. Right. Well, I'm, yeah. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Yeah, I mean, I'm leaving guys out, but, you know, there's, there's, you know, that that are in the discussion for seven through ten. Sure. Okay. Uh, so let me give you Not a wrong. Brandon. Let me give you a Brandon Ayuk stat, Jamie. This one surprised me. First six games, kind of in the doghouse. Ninety-six yards and a touchdown in in six games. He played more than seventy-one percent of the snaps only once. Last eleven games, he was a top fifteen wide receiver. He was thirteenth in non PPR. He was fourteenth in full PPR per game. Not nearly as good, but he still was twenty-six per game. Uh, his 17-game pace for Ayuk in his last 11 games was 73 catches, 1,128 yards, and six touchdowns on 105 targets. And not a ton of targets, you know. Only two games in that stretch of more than seven targets. He was usually in the six to eight, usually six to seven target range. Um, but again, for Ayuk, the last 11 games after he kind of came out of the doghouse and started playing a full snap share, 88% or more of the snaps in each game, number 26 wide receiver per game in both non-PPR and full PPR. What do you think? He's a great player. You know, it's just a matter of how much will they feature him. And I think that's, you know, the 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 thing that switched in the, you know, middle to the beginning, you know, the middle of the season when he got out of the doghouse reportedly, um, you, you started to see some of the flashes of the guy we saw as a rookie. And so, you know, remember last year it was Kittle was hurt and Debo was hurt and he was basically carrying the passing game and he didn't have to do that this year. But um it's really more of a Trey Lance thing. I don't think it's much of a, a Brandon Ayuk thing because he can play. You know, he he certainly can can produce when given you know six to eight targets, which I think is is, is probably within reason, especially if Debo spending a lot of time in the backfield. So, um, if like like I said, if Trey Lance looks good in the preseason and he seems to take the steps forward throwing the ball, you're probably going to end up with a bargain in Brandon Ayuk based on where you get him. It's just a matter of if you go in thinking he's a starter like we thought this year, then you're probably be disappointed. Finally, Heath, let's talk about Eli Mitchell. Great rookie season for him. He finishes per game number nine in non-PPR and number 16 in full PPR. Uh, explosive plays, good stuff. And what do you think about Eli Mitchell? A lot of uh, the same feelings I had about James Robinson. I never would have dreamed that Jacksonville was going to take a running back in the first round. So hopefully San Francisco doesn't take a running back in the first round. I do think that even if though, like we don't really expect they will, there's going to be some concern going into next year because it's Kyle Shanahan. And we see things change. We see rookies end up in the doghouse their second year. That's generally been wide receivers. Um, And Mitchell had his own injury problems this season. So I don't think he's going to rank as high as where he finished this year. But he's a good number two running back who should probably go in round three. Okay. Then we'll talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Should Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey be round one picks, early round two, late round two? Uh, You tell me, Heath and Jamie, when we come back from this quick commercial break right now on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, 
legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? This is a huge night. What's the truth from you? Hashtag Cyber Sleuths. The Idaho Murders. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. And we are back. And just so you know, it is the Bengals and Rams in the Super Bowl in two weeks. Just <laughs> making sure everybody's on the same page there. All right, Tyree Kill finished it as... It sounds like you're rubbing it in heat. That, that's really tough. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, Tyreek Hill was number seven in non-PPR, number six in full PPR. He did play a game where he played just 18% of the snaps, so that hurt. He also had another game where he played just 42% of the snaps, so it, it hurt his season totals a little bit. Uh, Travis Kelsey was the number two tight end in fantasy after five, I think five straight years as number one in full PPR. He was number two this year behind Mark Andrews. So they took some steps back, and where are they going that was small steps, by the way. <laughs> Where are they going in 2022? Heath, do they make it into the first round in a 12-team PPR league? I definitely think I will probably take Tyree Kill in the first round of at least one PPR league, but I would anticipate that Hill's ADP is going to be early second round as a borderline top five wide receiver, and Kelsey's ADP is going to be late second round, probably as the number two tight end behind Mark Andrews. And that's probably right. I'm a little bit more concerned about Kelsey than I am Hill just because of Kelsey's age. And he is at the point where any season now, he could be just the season where he falls apart. And he didn't really show a lot of signs of that. I mean, he took a baby step back. But I would say Hill is probably borderline round one. Kelsey is borderline round two. But both of them end up in round two. You think late round two is where Kelsey's going? I th- that's that's going to be. I guess where, I guess where he went in our mocks, isn't he? No, he went round one and one and round two and another. Mm. Yeah. Where in round two? Let's see. January. Uh, early PPR. Round two. He, he went to top 15 picks in both drafts. All right. I'm going to bring up the half PPR results right now, even though I half asked. PPR, I think is the round two one. Okay. So let's take a look. Uh, yeah. And, and it's really interesting if you, if you, when we're doing this next season in July and August, People are looking at his regular season numbers, and the the finish for Travis Kelsey was really scary. He had uh, what five of his, five of his last six games or something it was fewer than thirty, forty yards. I'm doing this off the top of my head. I don't know, but the playoffs he averaged hundred yards per game, hundred eight yards and a touchdown, ninety six yards and a touchdown, ninety five yards and a touchdown. So he was back to being Travis Kelsey in the playoffs, uh, you know, and looking like a guy that should be a first round pick. And in his first six games. So, 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 okay, the way I look at it is if you look at Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, the first six games of the season, they were incredible. And then Mahomes started slumping, and they started slumping. So I think people have to ask themselves, what, were the slumps from Kelsey and Hill just a product of the whole offense struggling? Or was it something a little bit deeper, something a little bit more? I think when you look at the playoff numbers— kind of end the first six games when they were on fire kind of suggests that it was mostly just the entire offense wasn't as good uh, for a pretty s- substantial stretch. I don't know. How do you view it, Heath? 
I think that's a fine way to look at it. Again, I'm not really worried about those last six games or whatever for Kelsey. I'm just worried about the fact that he's going to turn 33 during the next season. And we've just not seen very many players maintain elite production at that point in their career. So in the half PPR draft, Tyreek Hill went 12th to Heath, who then took Jamar Chase at 13th overall. I took Stefan Diggs and Daniel Schneier took Travis Kelsey. And the next pick was Debo Samuel. Yeah, I was mistaken. They both, they, he went in round two in both those. He went 15 and one, 16 the other. Okay. So Kelsey went before Andrews in that one. Kelsey went before Andrews in both. Hmm. How do you guys have it? Andrews, Kelsey? I do. Uh, I had Andrews initially after the, the season, but, you know, after again watching, watching what he did in the postseason, you know, I'm, I'm still torn. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I like to see what uh, the Ravens do with their receiving core um, and with their running backs back. But it's, it's you know, they, they should go back-to-back within, you know, a few picks, no matter which direction you go. I don't think they're both getting past the first 15 picks, though. Okay, let's do some news and notes here. The Raiders hired Josh McDaniels to be their head coach, and New England Director of Player Personnel Dave Ziegler is the GM now for the Raiders, so they're going, they're going all Patriots, which works for everyone. So how many times are we going to hear in the next six months Hunter Renfro compared to Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, and Danny Amendola. <laughs> this is one. And Jacoby Myers. Yeah, well, are you, I mean, is it at least, do you think it's a good thing for Renfro? What's the fantasy impact here? I don't know. I mean, they need, they need to figure out their outside receivers. You know, losing rugs. Zay Jones is a free agent. Um, I don't think Brian Edwards is going to necessarily become a great thing. He might become a good thing, but not going to live up, I think, to a lot of the expectations. Um I mean, I guess in the same vein, Heath, we're probably going to hear a lot of Darren Waller's Gronk. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that, that, that's not bad <laughs> um, in any event. Um, that's their biggest area of need offensively, you know, from a skill position standpoint. So probably will determine what happens there. I think the biggest question that I'll have, and I mean, if they go get a true number one outside wide receiver, then we can stop making some of those comparisons because it looks like they're going to do things differently than they did most of the time in New England. I mean, they had a couple of years, but... Um, I'll be very interested if they go add a true pass catching running back or if it's just a compliment to Jacob's guy because they've pretty much always had a true pass catching guy in New England. That's true. Now, there have been, James White. I want to say, five seasons where McDaniels has been a, a head coach or coordinator without Tom Brady. And here are where his offenses finished in points and yards. I shouldn't say his offenses, actually. It's his team, and it includes defensive touchdowns, which I'll get into. But in Denver, they were 20th in his first year in points, 15th in yards, 19th the second year, and 13th in yards. And then the following year, he went to the Rams as their coordinator, and they were last. They were 32nd in scoring and 31st in yards. Sam Bradford played 10 games that year, and then he got hurt. Uh, How about the last two seasons without Tom Brady? 2020, 27th in scoring, 27th in yards. But last season, or 2021, this past season, fifth in scoring, 15th in yards. They did score five defensive or special teams touchdowns, so that helps the scoring numbers. But, look, it's a it's a player's game, right? And then he has not had good offenses when he has not had Tom Brady. This year they were fifth in scoring, but they were 15th in yards. Does anybody really think they were a good offense? I don't know. Fine. But it's that's what it is. It's about personnel. Uh, do you guys think Josh McDaniels can, can McVay it? Or read it, you know? <laughs> can he can he be an offensive whiz that just takes the Raiders to new heights? Do you think he will be? No. I, I don't understand the the 
the choice by McDaniels, who's been, you know, obviously, if the rumors are accurate and, and the Colts job was his, if he's been waiting for this, you know, ideal job, clearly, I'm sure the money, I, I, I don't know if, if it's been released yet, but the money has got to be, you know, significant. And, you know, living in Vegas, you know, certainly has its, its, its benefits. And I wonder if it's going to become a destination for players. But you're now putting yourself in a situation where you don't have a long-term quarterback solution because Carr is only a short-term quarterback solution. And you're facing Patrick Mahomes is 26, who we know is going to be amazing. And Justin Herbert is, what, 23, 22? Um, and you know he's going to be amazing. And if the Broncos get their wish and things work out, you might have to deal with Aaron Rodgers in the short term. Uh, I just don't, I don't understand why he went there, <laughs> of all places. Um, can he be good for, for Derek Carr and the Raiders? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, you, you kind of just want to see, for our purposes, for fantasy purposes, don't rock the boat, essentially. You know, I don't think Derek Carr is ever going to become a, a clear-cut number one fantasy quarterback. He might creep into that conversation as the season goes on. Nobody's going to draft him that way. Uh, but keep doing – keep allowing Josh Jacobs to do the, the things that he did at the end of the season. Keep allowing Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro to do the things that they have shown you that they're capable of doing, certainly Waller. And, and that would be fun. That'd be fine. Okay. Uh, we can react to Jim Harbaugh if he gets hired by the Vikings. They are interested in him. Or the Dolphins. Or the okay. Well, I know he's got the connection with the G, the new GM for the Vikings. The Bears. Oh, the owner of the Dolphins too. Oh, sure, Michigan. But Stephen Ross said he did not want to be the one to take Jim Harbaugh away if he's from going Michigan. somewhere. Well, that's true. If he is going somewhere, it may as well be Miami. My guess is it was. I think there was a recruiting tie in something this weekend. If I'm not mistaken. Um, and I wonder if it was go get, go get the recruits and then, and then come if you're leaving. Well, yeah. Uh, signing day, by the way, is Wednesday. I'm sure we will have amazing coverage of that on CBS Sports HQ. So please Maybe make that's sure to check signing it out. Day Wednesday. And, uh, okay, so we got a new offensive coordinator in Chicago. Green Bay quarterback coach uh, Luke Getze will be the offensive coordinator. Can we do anything with this? You know, can we, what, what do we do with this uh, nugget? I will probably project the Bears somewhere halfway in between what LaFleur does in terms of usage and what league average is, and it's a complete and total guess, so no. <laughs> okay. Uh, Green Bay promoted their offensive line coach slash run game coordinator Adam Stanovich to their offensive coordinator position. Some more notes. Seattle has shown no interest in trading Russell Wilson, according to The Athletic. CJ Uzama left with a knee injury, and Tyler Higby left with a knee injury. And those two teams, by the way, are playing in the Super Bowl. The Rams. You forgot the, the biggest hire. What? 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 We haven't talked to Giants. We did last week. No, we didn't. Yeah, on Thursday we had Dayball. We, we had uh, we had the Giants and the Bears news. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, we did. What? Didn't we? All right, fine. What do you think about Dayball? I don't. I don't when was the hire? I think you're right. I think I think we did. I think it was I think it was Thursday night or Friday or something. I think maybe we did. Yeah, I think we did. Okay. All right. Brian Dayball of the Giants. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> I don't care. I do not care. I just don't I don't care. It's about it's a players league. You know. It's cool that he must well, have done some good things to develop Josh Allen. That's encouraging. We get yeah, we one more talk, off we season. About the GM. We didn't talk about the Dayball hire. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We, get, we, we get another entire offseason to believe that Daniel Jones might be good. Not me. You're not going to hear that from me. <laughs> well, yeah, because this was, remember, remember John Mara at the, at the GM, uh, I'm going to mispronounce the name, Jim Shine? Shane. Joe Shane. 
Joe Shane, whatever his name yeah. is. <laughs> Jim Shine. Um, Joe Jim Shine. Joe Shane. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Shane. Um, Jerry Sean. When Joe Shad, when they hired him, yeah. um, they Mara said, you know, we, this is what we talked about. You know that that Mara said we screwed this kid up. I know. I just it's enough excuses. But they have the fifth and the seventh pick in the NFL draft, and I have seen enough mocks giving them two offensive linemen that it wouldn't shock me, including the, that center that. That's, you know, can't miss center prospect. Uh, so if they draft two offensive linemen at five and seven to go with an emerging left tackle on Andrew Thomas, a healthy Kenny Galladay, a healthy Canarius Tony. Yeah. Healthy Saquon. What? Healthy Saquon. Healthy Saquon. That was um, that was a, a good debate. That, or not debate. I think John Bosch ran a bunch of Twitter polls about Saquon's dynasty value and like what's he worth in terms of draft picks. Not now, but one year from now. One um, year from now. One year from now. So when you're looking at the 2023 class, what's Saquon going to be worth compared to those picks? And the winner in the poll was like the sixth pick in the first round of next year's rookie draft. And the winner I'm not, being like that's the fair value. That was the yes, that was the value where Saquon won versus the draft pick. The first five picks won versus Saquon. Saquon won versus the sixth pick, and it was like 55-45. So that was the closest one and the first one that Saquon won. I'm not sure I'd give up the sixth pick in this year's rookie draft to get Saquon. Yeah, I'm with you. That seems you're, you're, extreme. Well, you're hoping, I guess if you're getting up the sixth pick, you're hoping that he balls out this year. Yep. Which he, I mean, it's contract year. If they spend the two picks on on offensive linemen and that position gets better. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Dable's track record from a running game standpoint isn't the best, but you know, who knows? He doesn't even like to run. <laughs> but he also didn't have a guy like Barkley. He also doesn't have a guy like Josh Allen. So, big, dif- big differences. I don't know um, about that Josh Allen part. He got a lot of potential with Daniel Jones. <laughs> and now you're all back in. Um, I think uh, the only way I would do that if I'm the sixth pick is if, like, what's happened to my dynasty team this last couple of seasons where I have a great roster. And can still win now, but I, you know, had some injuries and struggled, that type of thing. You know, need a win now yeah. type of player. Otherwise, he's probably somewhere near the back end. All right, we got a good question on Apple Podcast. It is from Alan in Boston. It sounds a little critical, but it was a five-star review and he does love us. So I'll just start with the good stuff. Hi, guys. Love the show. Listen to every episode. All right, now it gets a little critical. I'm concerned with the mock drafts you guys are pumping out recently. I feel like you guys are not evolving with the game. And mm. last year, it resulted in lots of bad draft advice. Please don't take this as criticism. <laughs> I got to stop it there. I don't agree with the bad draft advice from last year. But I do think that he's, it's a good question beyond no, this. I just, I love the, like, there's the last three words of the prior sentence, bad draft advice, which is like literally our job. Yeah. <laughs> and then please don't take this as criticism. The very next sentence. That is a, I love that contrast. What, what is the bad draft here, advice that we get? Here, here it is. Why, after everything we've seen, are you fellows suggesting that your listeners draft injured slash aging running backs like Henry, Kamara, McCaffrey, Cook, Eckler, etc. Over wide receivers like Adams, Chase, Cup, Jefferson, and Tyreek Hill in the first round. I feel like you're all missing what's staring at you in the face. Receivers have become the point-dominant position in fantasy football. In my opinion, only Jonathan Taylor should go ahead of the top receivers in the game. 
Remember, in 2010, everyone used to draft quarterbacks in the first round. Things change. Thanks for your time. And that is why I gave you that stat earlier in the top of the show that last year, this year, 2021, Cooper Cup was the number one point scorer, non-quarterback. That's the first and time. where was he drafted? Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. But that is the first time that has happened since 2015. 2015 was a terrible year for running backs. Since then, running backs have still been king. So that's the thing. Was this just a down year for running backs? I mean, it was, or was this start of a trend? So I do think he's got an interesting point. I mean, why, you know, why would you take Alvin Kamara over Jamar Chase? Uh, you know, I think I have it ranked that way. You guys, I think, have it ranked that way. No, no, you Maybe. don't have it. Ranked. Um, I, I, I have Adams and Cup third and fourth in my top twenty-four from a month ago. That's not even. Um, but it's the only thing that I could we've put out. And Chase, Jefferson, and Hill all in the first round. But like. This is the same thing that two years ago everyone was saying zero running back was dead because it had been two years since we had good running backs come in off the waiver wire. And like we just have to remember how small of a sample size 16 or 17 games is. Just because it happened last year does not mean that's what's going to happen next year. Yeah. Now, I do think that the trend of teams throwing to their running backs less often does make this a more interesting discussion. Because that is obviously going to make them less valuable in PPR, you know. But well, I mean, yeah. to that point though, and again, it's it's tying in. So it's you know, I, I guess you know you got to factor this in as well. But McCaffrey playing more, there's going to be a better pass catching running back for the majority of the season. The Saints getting a better quarterback, hopefully, um, will help. Uh, Camara's case, but it's a it's a league wide trend, right, Heath? It's not a specific. Yeah, but I mean, think about the guys that have got that have gotten injured. Uh, you know, we we lose James White, who is a, a a good pass catching running back. DeAndre Swift lost his, you know, what six games, whatever it was, of what his reception total could have been. No, what he missed two games, four games, whatever it was. It was at least four. It was four uh, games. I, this is the same thing I said when you brought this up last time and you kind of dismissed it. So I think we're just a little bit on different sides of this one. But I do think that over the last two years even, but definitely this year, the pass catching running backs, the guys who have consistently been over 50 catches, got missed more time this year. Okay. Um, all right. See, so that, I think that's, well, I, I that's think why the numbers are trending that way. because the- I, I think as, as an industry, and, and I think we certainly were part of this, which is why we were saying don't necessarily go running back, running back anymore. That That's something that's probably the route, wrong route to go and take one running back in your first two picks and then go heavy receiver and then try and backfill your second running back in your flex spots. If you're going to go running back in the flex spot that way. And I also just think if you're looking just at your first two picks and go back to last year, the wide receivers that were available at the, at the you know later stages of round two were so appealing especially compared to the running backs. We yeah. thought that this year and they were all almost terrible. I know. I know. That's <laughs> I know. It was it was Jefferson was there, but it was Metcalf uh who AJ Brown, Brown Metcalf Robinson. Jefferson. Yeah, Hopkins. I think more like Keenan cuz Robinson was going in mid round 3, but you know Keenan Allen was there, but it was specifically those three. Jefferson, Metcalf, AJ Brown. Yeah, but even the round 3 guys, it was it was Hopkins, McLaurin. it was yeah. Robinson, it was McLaurin. It was Metcalf. It was C.D. Lamb. Hopkins was and, round two. Hopkins was like... Well, Hopkins was at the turn. Hop, yeah, Hopkins, fine. Hopkins was in that Metcalf, A.J. And Brown, Diggs. Jefferson. Diggs was in that group, too. Oh, you think Diggs was getting to late round two? 
That's my recollection, but I don't no, know. I mean, I'll tell you a second. Yeah, well, anyway, it just, okay, look, it didn't play out the way we thought, but they just looked like such such layup picks. And so that, I think, was also incentive to go with running backs with your top five picks or something like that. But, I mean, looking forward, I don't know. Are we going to be more wide receiver heavy in round one than we were last year? Well, you have, what, five, you said? I have five, yeah. Yeah, I have four. Um, Diggs was the 17th overall pick. Mm-hmm. Based yeah. on ADP. It's an interesting Hopkins question. Oh, Ridley? Yeah. Right, right, Ridley. I think that uh, I think that the appeal of the workhorse running back is hard to pass up because if they do hit, they're just hard, they're just so hard to beat. Yeah. Well, I, I I think to his point, you know, it's like we're 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 going back to injured guys, you know, as as opposed to you know trying to necessarily find the next Jonathan Taylor, which is not easy to do, but you know it's uh you know. Dalvin Cook had a down season, but the touches were still, for the most part, there, and that's something you hang your hat on. Eckler had a great season. You know, I, I don't know if I put Eckler in this category. No, I, I, he I, did he? He did not. Yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah, I mean Eckler does get hurt a little bit, but he was amazing this year. Yeah, but what I mean, the one game that stands out that he missed was a COVID situation. Yeah, he just he gets dinged. He kept getting dinged up. He only missed the this game. This is Henry's first significant injury. Right. It's true. All right. Well, there's a lot to it, but it's a, you know, it's a good question and definitely criticism. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to take it as criticism because he told me not to. He was, he was cool about it. Hey, you, you leave a five-star review, you can say what you want. All right, from yeah. Danny. Here's an email. Danny's taking over a, an orphaned dynasty team, 12-team PPR, tight end premium. Does not know what to do. Last year, this team finished seventh. There is some early interest from a couple of teams for my top running backs, DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams. Right now, I have offers. Give up DeAndre Swift and LaVisca Chenault. Get Michael Pittman, Robert Woods, and a 2023 first-round pick, which would probably be no delayed. Way. No way. No, I would no. not do that one. Give up Javante Williams and pick 206. Get Aaron Jones and Cordero Patterson. No. no. No, yeah, don't no. do it. Don't do those things. Right, he's uh, thinking, you know, to go back to the the next, the last question, like Javante is going to be an interesting case compared to the word receivers. Mm-hmm. Well, hold yeah. on, let me finish reading this guy's questions though. I've thought about trying to counter with Clyde edwards elair instead of Woods. Nope. And or DJ Moore instead of Patterson. All right, that's more interesting. Would you give up Javante and pick two oh six? For Aaron Jones and DJ Moore. If Rodgers stays, then it's certainly a better better trade, but I probably still would not do it. Yeah, those are terrible trades. Yeah, for, just looking at the roster, um, because he's got Swift, Javante, Fournette, Kareem Hunt. He's got a lot of running backs. I would be trying to deal, and you're not going to get a lot for them, but trying to deal... The Fournette, Hunt, um, Penny, like those guys for either tight end because you only have Evan Ingram and David Njoku or for wide receiver depth because that's where you're weak. But I think like you don't have a bad team. You were in the middle last year and Swift and Javante are so young at running back that I don't think tearing it all down and rebuilding is a good idea. And you can't really rebuild because by the time you're good again, Swift and Javante might be old running backs. 
And so, he's got Trey Lance and Deshaun Watson. So do you have your be much better trade chart yet, Heath? For I night? do. What's the value for Fournette and Pittman right now? Um, Fournette, I think I have Pitt. I'm sure I have Pittman higher. I don't think it's it's probably closer than either of the two trades. No, I don't think I do. Um, very, very close. See, like that's something I would try and do is is Fournette for Pittman potentially. Fournette is better now. Pittman should be better in the future. Pittman might be better next year. But if Fournette leaves the Bucks and ends up in a timeshare somewhere where he's just looking to get paid in Dynasty, I'd much rather have Pittman that way. Yeah, and if 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 you needed to throw in another one of those running backs, I would do that. I do have Pittman just slightly ahead of uh, of Fournette, but it's close enough to where I think I'm just trying to get those other guys from you is ripping you off beyond belief. Yeah, 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 yeah. don't do those things. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Thank you to Heath and Jamie and all of you for watching. Who brought you your laptop? Listening at home. Your wife? Yeah. Not oh, Andrew. I finished Return of the Jedi. So now you're through the first trilogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what have you learned? Yoda's the best character in ever. Okay. I did a top five Star Wars characters list. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Okay. Uh, let me just let me just get it queued up here. Oh, here we go. Uh, from five to one. Five, Obi. Four, Obi Toppin, that is. Four, Han Solo. Three. Four? Three, C-3PO. Oh, God, you're terrible. Two, Darth Vader. <laughs> What's wrong with this list? Two, Darth Vader. C-3PO's head of Han Solo? <laughs> I love C-3PO. He's the best. The movie falls apart without him. Two, Darth Vader and one, Yoda. So did you get upset when he uh, when he got shot in Empire Strikes Back? Who? C-3PO? Yeah. I get upset every scene for C-3PO. He's always so nervous. Oh, dear. Like, I'm so you are upset definitely for the C-3PO of... Oh, 100%. <laughs> I see myself you. Um, so, wait, now wait. that you've seen I it... I want to hear what he has to say. Hold on. Go ahead. I, we started watching Seinfeld from the beginning. Uh-huh. Like, um, season one Seinfeld has a lot of your mannerisms. Season <laughs> one, season one like of you Seinfeld... And Jerry, do a lot of the same things. Okay, I don't, I, I don't, don't know what you're talking about, but season one of Seinfeld is awful, unwatchable. And he has the exact same hair that you do when you don't get a haircut for a month. <laughs> um, Andy always wears button-up shirts with no belt tucked in, which I assume you do as well. Never in my life have I done that. Never. All right, so now that you've seen Star Wars, uh, the, first, the first trilogy, uh, do you regret not seeing it sooner? Yeah, I think so. I, I can't decide if I want to watch the others or not because I liked it, but I didn't love it. I don't feel like I need to watch the others. Well, so the the prequels or the new? Shows? Any of them. There's just so many good shows on TV right now. Well, I've already finished season four of Ozark, which is. Have you seen The Mayor of Kingstown? No, I haven't. Have you seen Yellowstone? No, I started eighteen eighty. Have you seen eighteen eighty three? I watched twenty minutes of eighteen eighty three. Have you seen the new season of Billions? <laughs> no, I haven't. Like we have so many good I shows know, going I on know. right now. Have we but all finished? Catch up from thirty years ago, though. That, that, that <laughs> I know, right? In thirty years, I'll watch Billions again. Uh, have we? Have we all? Are we all caught up on Ozark? I won't spoil no, anything. no, I'm in the, right in the middle of season four, so you cannot spoil um, anything. He, I will. You missed a very funny moment last week when no, Adam stop was, it. Enough with this. <laughs> no, I got to tell you. I want to see you three. So he's like, guys, you don't understand. My wife, she was nice enough. She fell asleep, put the kid, put my daughter to sleep. 
she fell asleep and I just, and this was, correct me if I'm wrong, you meant, and I was, yes, I can finally watch whatever I want. <laughs> that is pretty much what I said. What <laughs> was Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> well, yeah, I just, you got to carve out time. I, by the way, I did not see the last Darth Vader twist coming in Return of the Jedi of him. I mean, I did, I guess when, when Luke started talking about there's good in him, I, I was like, okay, maybe he'll turn good. But that was at least a nice surprise to me because one of the problems is I, I knew. I thought we said no spoilers. For, <laughs> for that, I think it's okay. I knew that Luke, I'm your father, and I knew that Leia was his sister and all that. So it was kind of, took, took away some of, the, some of the fun. But uh, it, was good. it was good. It was good. So don't, if you're going to watch the rest, don't watch the first one. Just don't watch it? Is that, I mean, don't I need to watch it? Not really. Okay. Yeah, I watch, heard it's awful. Watch two and three, mm-hmm. and then watch the new three. The thing about the new three that's 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 good is the technology is obviously updated. So, and the new three takes place after Return of the Jedi. Yes. Okay. Okay. But honestly, what, now that you're into it, Rogue One is one of the best movies you will ever see, independent of just the Star Wars story. Which one is that? Rogue One. Yeah. Episode what? It's not an episode. So Rogue One is in between um, the first three and New Hope. Oh, so it's, it's episode they, it's three and they, a half? Huh? It's episode three and a half? I guess technically if you want to put a number on it, yes. Okay. Because you have to qualify things. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't Seinfeld do steal, that? It's how they steal the Death Star plans. Oh. Oh, okay. And that's what she gives to Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's what she gives to C-3PO or R2 or whatever. R2, at, the, yes. yeah, at the beginning, yeah. But... That movie, independent of itself, if you never saw a Star Wars movie, you would still enjoy it. Okay. You know what I think? I don't love... Well, this is... I don't love shows or movies where the main character isn't one of the best characters. I don't really care about Luke so much. Do you? Did people feel that way, or do they love Luke? Where the main character isn't one of the best? You mean, like, not most beloved? Yeah. Like, in Ozark, I mean, I love Jason Bateman. He's... He's the best. Uh, I really figured you'd prefer his wife. No. In, in you know, I love The Shield, and Vic Mackey's one of the best characters ever. I, I love, you know, Breaking Bad main character is the best character. I, I love Jon Snow. I was a Jon Snow guy. Um, I don't care about, like, Luke's kind of whatever. He's kind of a, a doofus. I think he was a lot cooler 30 years ago. I guess, but, I mean, Han Solo should be the main character of Star Wars. Han Solo is the best. The, well, Yoda's the best. The best. best line... Of any Star Wars movie. Do you know what it is? No. Heath? No, I, I, I've ba- seen the first three and that's it. Oh, yeah. You probably thought that Luke died in the beginning. Um, <laughs> he did. The best line ever yet. is I know. I know? Yeah. Hans when says- he's about to go into car- carbon, the, the, the freezing, and she says, I love you. And he goes, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, that's a good line. <laughs> Everybody knows all the lines because they've seen the movies 15 times and I still just just once. All right, I think that's it for today's show for good now. And what's the deal with the Super Bowl? Mid-February? We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football today. Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. 
This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.